Welcome to the Tech Talk Show. Coming up on today's show, we've got live unboxing, and Dan and I don't know what's in there. We've got a pre-record from Vibra. Uh, we've got a live interview with Jesse Lozano, and also we've got Jane Hollis in, in the studio talking about Cuvium. But first, on the line, we've got our guest from, from Table Crowd, which is Claire Jenkins. Claire, how are you? I'm fantastic, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, really good, thanks. Um, We've got a bit of a packed studio, but we're going to come to you first and talk a little bit about Table Crowd. Now, I've been to a Table Crowd event, and actually they're really, really good. How did you come about the idea, and how did it form? Yeah, so Table Crowd came about because uh, our founder, Kate Jackson, she absolutely loves people, but like so many of us, absolutely hates and dreads the uh, standard networking events that exist. (laughs) Yeah, don't we all? Yeah, Yeah, you know that. You're like, you're walking into a room and you've got that sense of dread and thinking, oh my gosh, is there going to be anyone that I know? And just generally a really awkward and unpleasant experience. Um, So she's like, well, okay, well, why don't I just start bringing the people that I want to meet and ask them if they want to come for dinner? Yeah. So I started off at Google Campus uh, just around three years ago. Right. And we've grown and grown from there. And, it, I mean, they're great events because you also have some great speakers that join join you, don't you? Yes, and that do. seems to make, that does draw, doesn't it, people in as well? Yeah. So the speakers are really key. They are the, the glue that holds the table together. So the speaker attracts the our different members. So what makes it is you, you're going to learn a lot from the speaker, but also the people around the table are really relevant to you. So you have an opportunity to kind of learn and share from each other. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a really um, convivial atmosphere that, that you sort of have there to allow people, you know, to get how allow the, the Dan got go drunk when he went. Did you get <laughs> drunk? <laughs> I was very well behaved. He Claire, was I can actually, assure you. He was on his best behavior. We went to the pub afterwards just to let you know. Claire. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> but um, but you've seen you've you you sort of married the the networking and and taking a lot of the the unwanted elements of it by you know putting on some really good food. What what was it that sort of brought you know uh, it prompted that to put food and, and networking together i think it's because so food bonds people together um and it has done for you know not just decades but you know centuries yep. as soon as you give uh, food to people everybody is you're all on a level it doesn't matter if your business is uh, really far advanced or you're just at an idea stage you're all on a level and as soon as you all feel on a level to each other it breaks down communication barriers people automatically feel relaxed when they're eating and that's what enables people to converse quicker and build connections quicker and at a greater depth than if you're just meeting in a normal networking event with hands crammed full of uh, wine and awful canapes not yeah true of course <laughs> i mean you do go to some amazing restaurants as well what what's your favorite at the moment that you've been to recently Ooh, so one of my favorite ones i have two favorites actually yep. uh we take um one of our groups to una the clock tower at king's cross and we have six course latin american food uh that's an absolutely say the name of that again for me which what, what's uh, it called? una una uh, okay. una and it's held in the clock tower at king's cross okay Yep. And so we work with another entrepreneur who runs his own set of uh, supper clubs and he hosts a supper club just for table crowd events. Right. So that's amazing. And then one of my other favourites is the Modern Pantry at Clerkenwell. 
Right. And uh, they've got incredible service, great, fantastic food and a, and a great venue. So everything, all the key elements of what makes a networking event fantastic and really effective yeah. is for us at the Modern Pantry. So if you could, what would be the one person, other than Dan and myself, obviously, <laughs> who would be the one person <laughs> that you would want to try and get to host one of your table crowd events? Who would you Ooh. try? Oh, cracky. Well, um, after you two. Yes, of um, course. Thanks, Claire. That was the right thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would love, so from a professional perspective, I would love to have um, one of the dragons, and that would be Deborah Meaden. So, Deborah, if you are listening, uh, any night, we would love to have you. Yeah. And then for me, from a a personal perspective, I would love to have Leverton Wood host a dinner with us. Wow. Wow. Yeah, well, there you go. Dan, who would you choose? Oh, um, I don't know. I think Elon Musk would be really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Jane, Jane's in the studio. He's on my list as well. Is he really? Is he? <laughs> Jane, if you could choose one person to have a, a meal with professionally, who would you choose? Who would you want to eat with? Or here. Uh, I think I, I, I would go for a classic Richard Branson. because I Yeah, some, oh, yeah. yeah mm. that's true. I think there's wisdom and experience to, to share and uh, stories. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, because Claire, I mean, they do say it's about breaking bread, isn't it? And that's how it came about. Absolutely. A lot of people would break bread and that's how business was done and people networked in that way. So that's great. Now, I know at the moment you're developing an app, aren't you, as well? Is that How is that going? Um, yeah, so all of our wireframes are done. The plan is done. So what we so obviously Table Cloud would always be an offline network first. We always want people to meet uh, face-to-face. Uh, so we want to scale at what we do because we believe very strongly that what we do is awesome and incredibly effective. But how yeah. can you actually scale dinners up? <laughs> well, we, we can certainly scale them. But what we think we can do uh, to get more people networking is to have an app behind what we do. Yeah. So our app will facilitate one-to-one meetings. So it will be a matching service-based match and search service based on the kind of skills and experience that you're looking for in your new connections as well as the industries that they work on and facilitate one-to-one coffee meetings with people yeah i mean that's really good it's about that follow-up and benefit isn't it and i suppose people are looking for an outcome from from any spend regardless of whether it's a nice meal which we had i mean when we went down we had a fantastic meal didn't we it was really lovely lovely, yeah yeah. Uh, that was clerkenwell as well which was really Mm. really good um So, yeah, it was lovely. And I have to say, Claire, that the team that looked after us from Table Crab were brilliant as well. Yep. So I, I would, wouldn't hesitate to recommend it. And it, and, and there was a real good range of people from entrepreneurs to uh, experienced tech guys as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, we happened to have a meal with the person that had been involved in Shazam, yep. which was great. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah uh, which was yeah, really great. And uh, try him, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, which was great. So, and he talked. He obviously, you know, he talked very openly and honestly because it was an informal environment yeah, and yeah. a small number of people, which I think that helped as well. So, what, what's your ideal sort of number do you go for to, to make sure that everybody gets a chance to network and, and chat? How, how many do you normally have at an event? So, around 25 yeah. is our ideal number. You've got enough people there to have a, a range of experiences, a range of ideas. Yeah. Too small, then there's often, there, sometimes it can lack uh, input. So yeah. around 25 is our number. Okay. Yeah. And, and Claire, how, how, do you get, how do you get the speakers? 
Victoria's amazing. Undoubtedly, So it's a mix. So we look at the requests that come from our members um, and always aim to, to sort those out. The ones like, I haven't done yet are Elon and uh, Richard Branson, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working up for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so... We've, uh, we have a we have a, a black book of contacts that we go into. So obviously, we're a networking organisation. Yeah. Um, we use our contacts to invite speakers along, and we're also um, a, a, approached by people to come and speak as well. Yes, yeah, great. And it's actually, yeah, Sam came and asked to speak at Table Crowd, and we're like, yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. To come. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No, I think it's a great concept. So, um, where can people find more details about it? So if you head to tablecrowd.com and uh, you can sign up, it's uh, free to be a member of Table Crowd. Um, And then if you want to come to dinner, you head to tablecrowd.com forward slash tables and you can see all of the awesome speakers that we've got coming up. And tell us, what. give us a highlight. What what do you think is going to be the most popular event over the next couple of months you've got running? I'm going to put you on the spot there. It's going to be a tough choice between uh, delivery Yep. So we've got uh, the uh, head of product coming yep. to talk. Um, and then we also have the UK CEO of Birchbox coming along. Well, okay. um, we have yeah, quite a lot of head, um, subscription and beauty people within Table Crowd. So they're super excited about that one. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough call between both of those. Okay. Well, hopefully, uh, if you wouldn't mind, perhaps you could come back on and join us on the show mm. and talk about your app. I would uh, love yeah, that. Come down to the studio yeah. and then we can talk about your app and how you've developed it and things you've learned because actually that's really good uh, for p- other people out there that are in similar position. So, yeah, it really helps them. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're super excited about it because we believe that networking just shouldn't be a chore. It shouldn't make you win. It shouldn't make you go, ugh. Yeah. Um, networking right. can be enjoyable, it can be effective, and it should be productive. Mm. And that's what our app is going to be. Okay, well, Claire, lovely to speak to you. It's TableCrowd. Awesome to talk to you too. Ta- and thanks ever so much for joining us today. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Bye bye. No, that was great. We had a great evening, actually. And uh, it's a, it was a, it, I don't know, uh, Jane, if you go to lots of networking events, but sometimes they can be really tiresome can't they <laughs> i think the challenge in a networking event where you're standing up in a room yeah is to know how to engage and often you walk in and just think i don't know anyone here and you don't yeah. know how no. to start those conversations no it's really so really hard I isn't d- it i do really love the idea that just sit down for a meal it was yes. really great actually it was a yeah. great uh, great evening yeah. a good way to make was, some contacts yeah. Yeah. and despite us being a bit like the odd couple people did actually talk to us they did yeah <laughs> we did yeah that was a bit odd anyway so guys it's now time for this So this is the time of the show, Dan, where we get to unbox something that we haven't seen. <laughs> we, you keep stressing that. But I haven't really seen it. Haven't. I, well, really, I haven't really, seen really, it. really, really haven't seen I it. I have no idea what's coming out of that box. Harry's in the studio, so Harry is on Periscope. Okay. So that's Tech Talk Ooh. Show UK. Join us there. Thank you very and much, producer Steve. Danny is here as well. How are you doing, Danny? Oh, good. Are you guys? Uh, yep, we're great, matey. Hello, Thanks. Danny. So yeah, Hello, Dan. how are you doing? So oh. Dan. Okay. Let's have a look what we got. So a nice um, bit of bo- um, bit of um, oh. packaging. It's an uh, Amazon Echo Dot. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, I was looking at buying one of those the other Were day. Were you? Yes. And also, did you know <laughs> there is? I'm into it already. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it's, it's 
it's yeah, it's certainly not going back in the box, Dan. Um, <laughs> you can you can uh, program them, and there is a, a number of development tools available on on online, okay, and you can brilliant. actually make it how you want to make it. I saw a great story about programming it in in a few simple steps. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it's yeah. really really good. So, so yeah. we've got um, a nice box has a has a sort of uh, picture of the um, of the device on the front. Um, it's yeah. a nice sort of blue and green. Um, what do you think of the packaging, Jane? Do you like that? It's quite blue's quite a manly colour, isn't it? Really, is it? Well, <laughs> it is in my house, Dan. Okay. Blue jobs. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? It feels a bit. Um, it could be a bit brighter, a bit more vibrant. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, it looks very Appleish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you know what I mean. Very. Um, and it, and it, apparently, yeah, um, it's got an idea of some of the um, the apps you can use on the side. It's got um, so you can uh, link it with Hive. It's got the Guardian app if you want to. Um, Sky. You Sports. obviously would want oh, the course. Guardian, yeah. wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yes. You wouldn't mind. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, Spotify, Amazon Music, Just Eat. So there's one for you. <laughs> that is so rude, <laughs> yeah. but true. Yes. Yeah, too yeah. sure. So I could sit in my chair and just shout my takeaway order. Yeah. Yeah. Indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, right, there's a bit of packaging. It's in a um, uh, sort of bit of black cardboard holding. All Hold it up. Together. Let's have a look, Dad. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Pretty and so well the, designed packaging. Yeah, actually. and the device itself, the Echo Dot, is, is sort of dimensions of, a, you know, um, what about three three centimetres thick. It's size like a beer of a mat coaster. size. Yeah. Yeah, coaster size. And it comes with um, a USB charger. and Heavy, plug. Jane, is it quite heavy? I think it weighs about uh, 100 grams, about 10 one-pound coins. Okay, and I know yeah. Because we're, we're developing a wearable, so I've got used to You've used to uh, what, what okay. is 100 grams and what, what isn't. What would you wear? Obviously, yeah. you could wear this. Yeah, yeah. We could play a game there, actually. What 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 weighs 100 grams? And you could just go around going, <laughs> yeah, no, that's under, that's over, that's under. What an interesting radio. That would make thing, good yeah. radio, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> what, a, what a feature. Yeah. Does it so, weigh 100 grams? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, um, okay, so there's a charging port and, and a port on the side. I'm actually going to look at the instructions because this is where I usually fall apart. Yeah, which okay. is where things oh. always go wrong. Okay. Have you got to make it work now? Yeah. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, <laughs> live on air as well. Come on, Dan. Don't let me down. Okay, so uh, plug in the micro USB, and I will ask: Has it been? It's all been charged, right? Brilliant. It's been. Oh my look god, at, Danny! Look at, look at, did you see how smug he looked? I'm there confident well. today. I'm He's confident. confident. Are you really? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, I'm not that confident. And you downloaded the app and everything. I have. Oh, okay. So that's. Is that all on your phone? This is my what phone look. is that? What what phone it's have you got? An iPhone seven. Oh, you got seven? No, this is a six. Oh. It's got six. Okay. And has it been? Has one for Harry? He wants that. Have you pre-connected it as well? Have you? I have. Oh wow. Is this where we get to go through your library of songs and find out? So there's none. So thankfully, uh, I was going to say, play me Barbara Streisand. Can we say that? What have you named it? I think uh, Alexa. Alexa. Is it on already? Or do you have to press the action button? Look Uh, at the instructions. Well, it doesn't actually say. It says doesn't it? Download it. Echo Dot. Blue ring will begin to spin around the top, but it's not. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. It's not only you let yourself down, you let your family down. Oh, Dan. See, this is what happens on live radio, Jane, when Dan's involved. Is it? Oh, maybe maybe say Alexa on. No. Oh, hang on. There's a village missing an idiot here. Hold on. Let's try and plug this in. See if that'll work. Uh, Yeah, this is on. The plug by the side of the desk is on. Shove that in. 
Yeah, it's a great feature, this one, isn't it? It is a great yeah. feature, yeah. Well, it's fully okay. charged, apparently. Yeah. Oh, okay, there. So now it's lit up. There is it go. lit up? So okay. are we... Oh, and there's a blue light going around it. Okay. okay. Um, so you're saying it's already connected, Danny? Yep. So it's okay. connected to your phone. The light ring will change to orange and Alexa will greet you. Ah, so so it takes about a minute, so... Oh, it's about a minute. Yeah. Yep. So we... let's have a look at the. Oh, yeah. Put it. Put it on put the it top there. there so at the moment, um, there's a so there's a sort of ring going around the outside, and it's and it's sort of circling around. Ooh, Can you hear good. that? Oh, it's wow. ready. Oh, I'll bring this over this way. Uh, hello, Alexa. Obviously, it doesn't like your voice, no, Dan. Doesn't. Maybe it needs an Irish tilt it, to it. it, it the ring changes to orange. It's not orange, Dan. Oh, that's oh, blue. So we we've already done that part of it, I think. So oh. if you speak to it now. If you say Alexa, yeah, yeah, say something. If I put it by the microphone, go on. Uh, Alexa, hello. I wasn't able to understand the question. Yeah, I don't understand uh. him either, Alexa. <laughs> he talks nonsense so you, most of the time. If you say the name and then you say maybe what's how the do you make like a cheese sandwich? Ashford, Kent. Yeah, what's the weather? Alexa, what's the weather like in Kent? Right now in Kent, United States. It's 44 degrees with intermittent mm. clouds. Today's forecast has showers with a high of 59 degrees and a low of 44 yeah. degrees. 44 degrees Fahrenheit as well, that was, Dan. Ele- <laughs> yeah, that's definitely wrong. Alexa, do you have a um, GPS module? I wasn't able to understand. Yeah, no, yeah. no it's obviously, oh. no. Oh. That's not good, is it? Let's have a try another thing. Um, Alexa, go on. Good. What's the best recipe for a cheese sandwich? Do that. Sorry, oh. I don't have an answer for that. You don't have an answer for that. Okay, let's try another question. Another question. Um, Jane, have you got a question for Alexa? <laughs> uh, question for Alexa. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexa, what is the c- capital of Switzerland? It sounds like you got cut off. Or oh, I yeah. am missing some context. <laughs> yeah. Alexa, try. Alexa, what is the capital of Switzerland? Switzerland's capital city is Bern. Mm, there we go. Okay. Alexa, when's the next UK general election? UK general election's next occurrence is Thursday, June 8, 2017. Okay. Hey. Alexa, who do you think will win the election? Sorry, I didn't understand the question I heard. Alexa, <laughs> who do you think will win the UK general election? Sorry. I didn't understand the question. <laughs> Nor do most of the electorate, let's be honest. <laughs> so, this is so that was relatively uh, yeah. simple to set up. Yeah. So, Danny, any other oh. features you think? What about a recipe? Let's try and get a recipe. Re- recipe for spaghetti bolognese, Dan. Oh, okay. Alexa, what is the recipe for a spaghetti bolognese? I'm not sure what went wrong. <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. quite honest, I'm not yeah. that impressed yeah. at the moment. Alexa, what is the UK top 40 and who is in position 20 this week? Hmm, I'm not sure what you meant by that question. Yeah. You have to uh, read it specifically the way, the way it says it. That's what it did. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. Dan. All right. <laughs> Alexa, ask UK top 40 who is in position 20 this week. That's what that says. Number one is Sign of the Times by Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Harry I've Styles. never heard of Harry no. Styles. No. Have you? Uh, no. Nobody sounds like he needs a razor. 
Mm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this, yeah. Um, quite good. Uh, yeah. Jane, what do you think? Unimpressed. Unimpressed. <laughs> would you have one in your house? I wouldn't. No. But when we talk later about listening for uh, signs of bad health, yeah, yeah. what this device does is, is you talk to it. But what the opportunity is, it, it could be listening out for things for danger. It could be listening yep. out for people falling. It, yep. could be, it could have more uses yeah. than you think. More uses yeah, I do well. agree with you. I, I, and also for sad, lonely people on their own. Dan, like <laughs> yourself. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. Um, I do think, I'll be serious actually, I do think for people living on their own, it is a form of connectivity really, isn't it? I think it's um, being able to ask questions to it is limited, but when you start at, um, being able to access different apps and, and yeah. different functionality, that's definitely where. Do you think, Danny? Yeah. So when we when we were having a look at it, um, we obviously preset certain parts of it so you guys didn't have to do it in this <laughs> ten minute section. Um, we found that it was very bare to begin with, but then you have to add all the skills to it. So you right. add Hive, and then then you add uh, Top UK Forty. That uh. you almost you almost have to learn how it works. But once you do learn how it works. It is. It does come across really well. It's just taking the time to, to build it up, up its functionality, mm. and then um, when you know exactly the wording to use, it it can be quite good. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be really good because the Google Home's been released um, yeah. over here soon, so it'd be good to be able to get one of those to to um, compare against. Well, can yeah. you can you do that? I think so. Um, is that a yes? Okay, yes. yes. I'm going to say yes. Because the other thing, Jane, is, and we will talk a lot, obviously, about QVM when we come to it, but there's no reason why that couldn't link. With, with that to give an audible warning or some form of, you know, can you tell me how you're feeling and actually prompt other... Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a great opportunity to use all of these devices in the home for listening for things that are a problem. Yeah, um, yeah I think there's some real development. Really useful, practical mm. uses. Yeah, in, definitely. In today's news, um, Amazon have actually announced that the technology in this um, Amazon Dot They've actually allowed it to go into uh, other ro- or robots are now, so other or other companies are allowed to use the technology. Obviously, they'll have to pay towards it, but they can now use it for building robots and the understanding of it. So, obviously, with with yourselves, Aquivium, um, it would be the, the same sort of circumstances. You might be able to use that technology now. So, instead of having to develop it yourself, so that was just in news today. So, yeah, it's quite relevant. Brilliant. Yeah. So, the question we've got is, how much do you think it is? So I know how much it is because I looked on the bought one the other time. Okay. So uh, um, you I, go first. I haven't looked for us. I'm going to say sixty nine ninety nine. Okay, Jane. Fifty pounds. Yeah. I oh, know it's fifty quid. I oh. think forty nine ninety five. Forty nine ninety nine. Forty nine ninety nine. So, <laughs> so the, the next question is: uh, Does it rock, or does it go back in the or box? Or do you put it back in the box, Dan? Um, I think in, in in the way it is now, um, it, it's limited. But I think as it, as you could add more devices to it and more more functionality to it, so I think it's um, um, it rocks. Jane, would you have one in the box? In the box, Danny. I'm going to go with Dan on that. I think the more that you add to it, it can really it can really be a good thing. So yeah, definitely rocks. Harry, Down, back in the box. Back in the box. Oh. I'm going to go. It rocks. So it is a uh, a winner. Yeah, I'm brilliant. actually with it as well. I Fantastic. think it's great. Great now. Uh, we are now going to go to a pre-record, Dan. I think we it was are. you. Where, yeah, where, where yeah. Um, you? Sue and I were at the Wearable Tech um, show um, a little while back, and this is um, one of the people we interviewed. It's Chris from Vibra Solutions. Let's hear what he's got to say. Yeah. 
So, Sue and I are at the Wearable Tech Show, and we're joined by Chris Mott from Vibra Solutions. Sue is... Do you like like what I'm wearing? Do you like it? I think think it's very smart. New piece of jewellery. New piece of jewellery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like it? I think it looks looks really good. So, um, so Sue is wearing um, the, 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 um, the... the production of uh, the item by um, Vibra Solutions. It's like, it is like a necklace. It's sort yeah. of grey, and then it's got little lovely silver bits at the end. It, 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 you could pass it as a piece of jewellery, actually. In a way, it, it's sort funky. of yeah, it sort of drapes around the neck a bit, almost like an Anglo-Saxon talk, maybe. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. <laughs> so, Chris, can you can <laughs> so, Chris, can you tell us a bit more about about um, about well, the device? No, before we do that, can I ask Chris an, another question? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Course. So this is about purifying the air in front of you. Can you just tell me? You know, you have those purifiers in your house. Just before we go on to this necklace, can you explain exactly what a purifier does in your house? You know, one of those unit things, big units. That's a good question. The um, purifiers we supply are air purifiers, which are going to take airborne uh, bacteria, allergies out the air sucks it through, filters, and then dissipates that as 99.9 clear air out the back of our units. So from our home, if we were dusting and all that pollutants, what we normally see is eradicated by our units. And they normally work in a working area of up to 30 square metres, or even some up to 100 square metres. So we do from the small to large rooms. And um, so if I, if I had, say, I was in a you know, I get hay fever or, or I'm slightly allergic to cats and my husband insists that we have cats or, you know, whatever it is, um, it literally does clean the air for you um, very efficiently. Yep, we have this thing called pet dander and uh, analogies in general. So this will eradicate the typical things we get from our cats, pets, and even parrots if you've got birds. So uh, every, every pet at home, really, basically, we take care of it. Pet dust and all that. So how have you made the leap? from having these huge, big units to this lovely piece of jewellery around my neck? Well, <laughs> we couldn't put the um, units on our backs to walk around outside, so we were always asked the question, what do you do for outside when we get this air pollution, or what do you do to cater for my hay fever or allergies, which I have? So we had to look at a, a portable solution, which is easy to wear, and uh, as it was described, it's almost like a necklace, or a, 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 we call it a, a collar, basically it's very small <laughs> so so this will be worn around the neck so so we've established the market especially right now with london and not just london all parts of the uk and across in europe we have air pollution issues so that kind of inspired us to get a product which is ideal for the market which is portable usable for any uh, type of person basically and it doesn't have to be that person who has an allergy um, it's somebody who wants to eradicate possibly getting any germs from our travel if you're on the underground on the airplane these type of things kind of tick the boxes why we wanted to address what we're already doing at home and that's a still a, a learning curve at our homes that why have purifiers when we're in our home it should be the nice place we want to be but unfortunately the homes is as much as outside so it's where we are now so how do you feel about traveling on planes and tubes is it I mean, I'm in London nearly every day. Um, do, you f- do you think about it? Because it is something I do think about, get, you know, getting sore throats and coughs and colds. Absolutely. So I do think, you know, uh, when you're travelling, um, you know, walking around, you do, you know, you see all the buses with all the, you know, all the diesel fumes and you do think about that. But for me, it, it, when you're in the tube or even in a plane, you've got that same air circulating around and you hear that one person cough and go, oh blimey yeah <laughs> have i got that now? yeah blimey yeah so yeah yeah i so how, how does this actually 
work. Because you go running, don't you, a lot? I do, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Could, could, you, could you wear it? Could Dan wear it if he was running? Are you doing like the 100-metre sprint or, or, or is it a... Does he look like a sprinter? Come on, come on. <laughs> you're holding the mic, I'll be polite. <laughs> um, yes, you can use it when you're doing exercises uh, outside, so uh, running or on a bike. So the idea is uh, that we can use it in the environment where we're walking around with it, really. So that's fascinating. So it doesn't just work, you know, when you're quite still and, and, and sort of doing whatever it does you know wafting up in front of you it will stay sort of in a, almost like a capsule around you protecting you as you're moving along yeah i mean you, you the way it works is as it's we push in negative ions in front of us and it pushes a magnitude of those ions in front so it gives us enough coverage in our breathing space so where the collar actually sits to the nose and around that area is enough to give us that 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 clean rate which we need and nions would collect against the particles and those particles will fall away from what we are breathing in so that's eradicated the common germs which we associate in the air or dust or pollen and those those allergies which we really don't want to get It'd be great if you were like a gp or a nurse you know you're seeing infected people all the time you should be sitting in your surgery one of these you know, no, no yeah. joking. I mean, you should, shouldn't you, really? Because you must be at greater risk of, of, of catching everything under the sun. That does make sense. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. And, and, and I suffer from hay fever, so it'd be brilliant, I think, you know, to be able to just know for a couple of months in the summer you could actually wander outside and, and not come home with streaming nose and streaming eyes. And, and that would do that, would it? Yeah, I mean, the idea of this is addressing the pollen, which is out there. And we do, sometimes each trigger is different to each year, and you just don't know what that's going to be. But the main thing is the prevention. And if we can prevent something, and that's the idea behind our portable air collar, is actually going to do that. And as you say, in, in waiting rooms or where there's groups of people, you don't want to be in those places where you're going to get those germs. And the other idea is if even in an office situation where we've got nice air conditioning, recirculating germs in our office and thing, from the employer's point of view, it would be also an interest not only for the employee, but the employer to try and eradicate airborne particles around and germs. And if this can help that, the small cost of the collar outweighs the lack in our staff. How much is it? How much is one of these? I'm getting quite excited about perhaps getting one. Um, we're, we're looking at marketing this below £200, so it would be around about 185 190 for the product. And it's, and it's, quite, it's quite slim, it's not, and it doesn't look heavy at all. It's not heavy, is it? No, not at all, no. And actually, it looks, it looks really OK. It doesn't look male or female, does it? Yeah. It, it, it looks OK. You don't look a complete idiot. And I think we're at the wearable show today, and I think one of the real problems about wearables, um, and I think that's why the Google glasses didn't really succeed, is you feel such an idiot really wearing them don't you and, and British people don't really like to stand out this this isn't like that at all is it no it doesn't stand out at all I think it, like you said it does look like a bit of jewellery um, so how long would the battery last or something like that um, it will run for about 32 hours uh, so that's on its single charge and then when it runs out a little red light will tell you that you need to charge it but 32 hours gives you the option of actually a couple of days use or a whole day in work and then time to go home with it so just wanted to make it portable for those long haul flights as well so where do we find out about it? Well, you can come onto our website and you can contact Vibra Solutions and we'll gladly put you in the channel where you can buy them. And your website is? <laughs> the, web, the website is uh, vibrasolutions.co.uk. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. 
that was a great show actually, Dan, because you spoke spoke to lots of people about their innovation, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and there's there's some really interesting devices, some really interesting um, uses of wearable tech and, and the, the various sort of technologies. <laughs> and I know when we come to Jane later on, Jane's uh, which which is Cuvium, that again is a form of wearable, isn't it, Jane? That we got. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to go now to Jesse Lozano from Pytop. Hi, Jesse. He's on the line. How are hey you? there. Yeah, I'm great. good, thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks for joining. for having me on. No, no, thank you for joining the studio. It's great. Now, tell us a little bit about what is PyTop. Tell us a little bit more about the actual product. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a co-founder of PyTop. Uh, at PyTop, we build uh, laptops and desktops to deliver school curriculum-aligned STEAM lesson plans. Mm-hmm. So okay. we teach science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics skills, but with a focus on computer science. So you, so you use the construction of the laptop as a learning tool? Is that how it works? Yeah, that's usually the first lesson plan. So our laptop, PyTop, it's a, it's a DIY laptop that students will put together themselves, like a big Lego laptop. It's yep. got a 13.3-inch HD screen, a 10-hour battery life, yep. and it's based around the Raspberry Pi. Mm-hmm. And we also do a desktop, which is an all-in-one plug-and-play solution. It has a 14-inch HD screen. And both of uh, both of those products teach core computer science skills like coding, but we integrate physical computing in a way that sort of traditional computers just can't achieve. And, uh, and and we find that that really increases the engagement levels you see out of students in the classroom and, yeah. and learning at home. Yeah, it's great. Isn't it, it is. Damn, yeah. yeah, I'm looking at the website. It's quite a, you know interesting looking device. Um, it's, it looks really you know something you could really get hands on and, and get involved in. But could it also be used as a regular computer? Or is it just purely an educational tool? Yeah, it can be used as a as a regular computer. Um, it's got a it's got Chrome browser on there, a mm-hmm. full uh, Microsoft Microsoft compatible software suite, um, and a bunch of other uh, bits of software that we create, and then also some uh, 3D printing software like 3D Slash, where um, students can make 3D printable objects and then and then print them out. It's really it, it is a very usable computer, but um, but we kind of add a lot of uh, a lot of our own software and, and content to it to uh, really make it uh, focus on teaching STEAM-based uh, lesson plans in in, you know, in the classroom, making it way easier to deliver physical computing and project-led lesson plans in the classroom, uh, you know, and at home. Okay, so, so there's lesson plans that sort of come with, with the kit, if you, if you see what I mean. And, yeah. and, and you said that sort of lesson one is kind of, you know, building it. Is there some way of guiding people through, um, through you know, the actual coding, you know, doing coding on there as well? Or Yeah, so we have two um, feature bits of software that, that we've built onto, onto our operating system. Uh, one is called PyTop Coder. Yeah, I'm on that really... website at the moment, actually. I'm just looking oh. at that. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah. That's, that's really, it's a, it's a classroom-focused, uh, integrated development environment. And what that does is we'll take, uh, we'll take a student from you know, knowing absolutely nothing about coding um, through uh, physical computing-focused lesson plans that integrate both you know, coding but also creating hardware in real life and, and seeing how code can... Can, uh, can can interact with things that they're actually building um, inside the de- inside the device. So kind of instead of you know I think everybody knows the whole print hello world and then you know, hello world <laughs> comes out the other side. We're more about you know let's build an LED circuit and let's add some code to that so you can make it blink. Let's add some buttons to that so you can create sort of a quick reaction game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know developing these core Steam based skills through 
you know, project-led play, but also, um, you know, focused lesson plans that are they're automatically graded for the teacher. And then the other bit of software we do is called Seed Universe. It's a massive adventure game that really integrates a lot of the learning that you get in PyTop Coder, but it's a, it's a sort of a, a fantastic uh, uh, adventure and, and lore-based game that teaches, teaches kids in a more gamified yeah. way. I mean, it's so important for young people to learn how to code, isn't it? I mean, that's a yeah, key skill, really, is it? I mean, it, it, it is, it's, a, it's a core skill. It's also, so I, I went to university and did, and, and did, and did law at university and, um, and then sort of realized I didn't want to do that and <laughs> was, was earlier, uh, a while ago, was looking at, well, what skills could I learn to be relevant in, you know, a jobs market? And I, uh, and, and I spent quite a lot of time um, you know, self-learning how to you know, how to code, essentially how to become a full-stack developer, and uh, and it, it really is one of those skills that that can you know completely change change your life, but change your outlook on how things are are made. Um, and you know, one of the things is that in school, I, I was never I was never taken by computer science because it seemed like such a boring subject. Yeah. Uh, and we're going back a, a fair ways now for. When I think. I, was, uh, doing I think GCSEs. the reason is that not the reason for that though is you can't see an outcome or you can't see why it is relevant. Yeah, I, mean, I think that that for me was the reasons for a lot of things for me at school. It, I mean, it was it was the same thing for me. It was the same. It was kind of the tired old. Um, okay, this is how you do emails. Let's learn mm. how to type, and this is how you yeah. do Excel spreadsheets. And it just didn't do credence to no. the massive creative out you know, outcomes that you can, you can achieve when you know how to code, when you know how to, you know, build, um, you know, build internet based, uh, projects. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. So, yeah. Mm. So how long has your business journey been going on with the, with PyTop? So we launched in October, 2014. Yeah. We did a, uh, a crowdfunded, uh, Indiegogo campaign. So, you know, essentially a, a pre-ordering platform. And yeah. Uh, and and yeah, we've been been going since then. That's great. And yes. and what's the hardest? What has been the hardest thing in establishing your business? What what surprised you? That's been most difficult. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Really, I think a lot of I think when me and my co-founder Ryan Dunwoody started started the company, it was it was kind of kind of naive to the to to all of the things that go into building a laptop, and it certainly was a pretty ambitious um, initial thing to, to decide to build. Um, the hardest part, there's, there's been a lot. So uh, we're now a team of 35. We have offices in Austin, Texas, here in London, and then we, we run a factory in Shenzhen, China. And I think part of the, the, the most difficult process of that all is um, just understanding uh, and uh, and being okay with the sheer level of work that goes into running a company and the amount of dedication that you have to put into delivering a solid uh, product. So the you know there's some typical it's difficult getting a you know a larger team size um, and just managing uh, you know managing that side of things. Yeah, it's I can extremely imagine. Extremely difficult mm. to create a supply chain. So we actually build every little piece of the laptop. Wow. Um, yeah. 
we do the injection molding, the circuit boards, the battery. Um, we actually renovated our factory in, in China and uh, added production lines to it. Right. And my, my co-founder's been living out in Shenzhen now for uh, a year and a half. Yeah. He speaks Mandarin now. Really? <laughs> well done him. That's yeah. impressive. That is impressive. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, you know, he's, he's immersed in it. Um, so yeah. it's, uh, it's been, it's been a, a, a really difficult journey, but like super, uh, super rewarding. Yeah. And, and what, oh, yeah, go on, Dan. No, no, sorry, I was just going to ask. So you've got the, the sort of the laptop kit and, and, uh, and, and the, the sort of desktop kit. Have you got, um, you know, intention to build any more sort of hardware or any more functionality into it? Or is it, are you just concentrating on those for the moment to get them get them on the on the market sort of thing yeah so we have um we, we we've got add-on boards that you can plug into this modular rail um and right now we've got a, a speaker add-on board which gives your laptop and desktop a voice we've got a something called a proto board which is um, basically your conduit to connecting up a uh, uh other electronics so you can so you can create these led circuits like traffic light systems heart rate monitors and the like and all that's delivered in lesson plans in the in the PyTop coder. Mm. Um, so what we've been focusing on really is um, creating a lot of content, a lot of uh, like classroom ready um, yeah. and 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 really sort of actionable content that delivers like real learning outcomes in the classroom. So recently, we our operating system—it's the world's first operating system to be endorsed by OCR, which is a leading examining body in the UK. Um, so we're endorsed for use in the uh, UK computer science curriculum. Yeah, and uh, that's just you know being able to work with people like like OCR um, and have them kind of give our content a stamp of approval that they would normally only give to you know large textbook men, you know, large textbook producers um, is is uh, is pretty cool. And I'm just looking at your website. Um, is do you you sell into the UK market as well as US? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, although we we sell in American dollars, we we do ah, right. we, we've shipped uh, pie tops to, to over, over seventy different countries, yeah. and um, we've got just over forty distributors across Europe, USA, and Asia Pacific. Because it's quite a low price point, really, isn't it, for a laptop? It is. Yeah. yeah. So the the laptop it's two hundred ninety nine dollars. Um, you know, for a you get a full HD, you know, 1080p HD screen, 10 hours of battery life. And, and the yeah. great thing is when a, when a new brain comes out, they're built around the Raspberry Pi. Mm -hmm. And Raspberry Pi, you know, they update their their SBC, their single board computer, um, about every 18 months or so. And and actually, when a new one comes out, you can just take the old one out and pop a new pop one it. in. Yeah, and yeah. So it's upgraded upgrade. your platform yeah, fantastic. for 35 bucks. Yeah, which is um, nothing. So, you know, yeah. Over time, it's a super, super low-cost platform to actually deploy into classrooms. And then, of course, we got the desktop, and the desktop, it's $149, um, and that's got a 14-inch HD screen. So it actually comes out as the most affordable desktop that you can you can possibly buy, um, especially when you look at it over a three- to five-year use case scenario, because you're just always able to keep it up to date for, you know, uh, the, yeah, the a relatively small cost. Yeah, which is great for students and great for s schools where obviously funding is not you know not that available. So that's great. Um, yeah, well, it's it's really come from you know I I, I was a scholarship kid at school. Um, my co-founder is a you know he's a first generation uh, university graduate, and um, it, it we've been to I've been to literally thousands of schools across the across the world and we kind of have a, a serious focus and passion on being able to let schools deploy a 
comprehensive computer science and, and you know further steam based lesson plans in the school for but for not you know not for a huge deployment cost yeah um i think you know i personally think computer science is a great equalizer in in the tech world you know we don't care where you're from no. what you sound like what you look like it's all just about you know what are your skills like and and you know and can and can you can you build something and and so to deliver that into uh, you know, into schools where maybe kids uh, didn't realize how creative uh, coding can be, or or how or or how kind of equalizing the computer science field can be. Uh, that uh, it's been a really a really big sort yeah. Of no, it sounds great. Part of our drive yeah. behind the behind the whole company. Yeah. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for joining us. And where can people get more information? Tell us your web address. So you, so, well, thanks for having me. Uh, you can find out more about PyTop on PyTop.com. So that's P-I-T-O-P.com. Uh, or you can just uh, go onto Google and type in PyTop. Thanks ever so much for Brilliant. joining us and best of luck with everything. Thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. That's great, Dan, actually. A great yeah. product. Looks looks really yeah, good. Really so yeah. Now, we're, Jane's been with us all through the show. So hi, Jane, and thank you for joining us in the studio. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and tell <laughs> us a little bit about Cuvium. What, what's the actual product and what does it do? The product is, a, is an early warning system for people with a respiratory disease. So if you think of kids with asthma, and I'm sat here next to Dan who tells me that... Uh, you, no, so you had asthma or no? Is your colleague? No, it's a colleague. Yes. Yes, it yeah, I used to. Sorry. No, I've had asthma. But it's um, allergic asthma, not... Not. Yeah. Um, and often what happens is... Uh, uh, you can't. You don't get a heads up that something's triggered an attack, and in the UK, you have a child every twenty minutes admitted to hospital right. with an asthma attack. It costs the NHS one point one billion pounds every year, um, and both of our co-founders both found themselves at hospital with with sick children. <laughs> uh, both scientists and both thought there has to be oh, a know, better way. Yeah. Mm. There has to be something we can do before we get here, mm-hmm. mm. and yeah. uh, so they were the ones who worked out an early warning. And the early warning is a very particular cough that occurs um, when something insults your lungs. So something goes into your lungs, your body sends in repair cells quickly, and the repair cells create a bit of fluid. You you cough to get rid of it, and we can show that cough is linked to a precursor to an asthma attack. Okay. And is that a particular type of cough? Did you say is it you know got a certain sort of um, resonance or or, yeah yeah Uh, yeah, absolutely that and that wasn't known at the time, but since. uh, We've now listened and we've got a cough library of some you know, 5,000 <laughs> coughs. We've actually seen that each uh, different respiratory diseases have different coughs. So I could show you some pictures of a difference between an ammonia cough, yep. um, a, a asthma, tuberculosis. We've, we, we have seen, we don't have nearly enough data, but obviously when you, it's do, growing, when I you have lung cancer, you do have a very particular cough. That's quite fascinating. So yeah, it is. Yeah. What we have in the future is a potential diagnostic tool to support uh, support clinicians when they're looking at diagnosing respiratory, particularly asthma. Asthma is very hard to diagnose, uh, and uh, in young kids in particular. So, um, tell us a little bit about how long does it take between maybe the cough starting and it then developing to a full-on asthma attack? It can take up to eight hours. Really? Correct. So it could. Yes. As an early warning. <coughs> yes, well, I'm just coughing myself. Actually, <laughs> then it's making me feel it's like, like coughing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah. so um, you mentioned earlier that it's that it's a wearable. Yes. Um, could you just describe for the listeners what you know, how big it is and and how it's worn? It. Uh, this is this is still a step ahead of where we are now. Right. Okay. My vision for it 
is that it will be a strap you can wear around your watch. You could stick it in your top pocket. Uh, it's not something a lot of people ask us, well, why can't you just have this device sat in your phone? Mm -hmm. Because obviously it's got a microphone in your, in your phone. Um, but very deliberately, because we want this to work for young kids who might not be at the stage in life where they have a phone. Um, and also we've got some quite clever microphones in our wearable that allow us to personalise it. So we would know that if a cough occurs, it's your cough. <laughs> and not and not somebody else in the room. Okay, that's quite clever, isn't it? Yeah. So you're you're selling the product already? Yeah? No, oh, no, you're not, no, 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 no. We right. are not yet yet to market. Right. We are at the end of our R and D for our launch product, yeah. and that has taken several years okay. of uh, of discovery, yeah. of <laughs> problems, of uh, things you know, great things that we discovered, yeah. but also uh, many roadblocks along uh, along the way, which I th which is which is similar for every med tech yeah. company. Nothing mm. goes. You start with an idea, and uh, you think you're heading in this direction, but no, you actually need to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that journey of trying to get uh, clinical approval, that, that can be quite torturous, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. And we haven't even begun that part of our journey yeah. either. And it's certainly something that, in, in, in obviously, in a medical world, clinicians are very evidence-based. Yes. And uh, we need to be able to, to, to show mm. that, uh, that, that it does what it says. Yeah, and I suppose, obviously, because you don't want to misdiagnose or not diagnose. So the, the way it works is it'll give early warning, mm -hmm. which then enables, if, if they're already an asthma sufferer, they can get the appropriate treatment yeah, earlier. Yeah, text goes through to a caregiver. Caregivers yeah. normally say normally mum. That sounds a bit... Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we've set, the, set, set it up so you can send alerts to... You can set up a number of caregivers on your, on okay. your phone. So yeah device here's something that's different from the baseline that's important because you might have a cough anyway but what we're looking for is something that is a, is, is a sign of that uh, something's happening in your lungs and you yeah. need to pay attention to it and then uh, then you get a text alert mm -hmm. uh, if it's mum then she can do something about that because it, often asthma sufferers will have some emergency medication they can take and so if you've got you know if, if each cough's got its sort of own Fingerprint, if mm. as, as you like, that's probably the wrong thing. But but um, and cough, if you mentioned signature. cough print, cough print, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, a signature. Um, and you mentioned asthma. Yes. Um, what other sort of um, respiratory ailments can it sort of could it sort of pick up? Well, my ultimate would be a cough that you could hear the difference if the cough was caused by a virus or bacterial. Because imagine mm -hmm. then, you know, the massive challenge at the moment to try and reduce the intake of antibiotics. Mm, yeah. Um, if we had enough data and we could see uh, those different patterns, and we can, because we can take sound and turn it back into pictures. Yep. Um, and we also have some quite clever algorithms that sit on the device. But that is a, that's a future. Mm. Yeah, at the yeah, moment, sure. we are an early stage, pre-everything. And our initial launch product will be to pro just pro simply listen for cough that um, and those particular coughs that occur before something nasty happens to you yeah sure the diagnostic bit will come later so with you, more investment you've lots got more investment. yeah lots more investment <laughs> yeah i can imagine if it's got to go through clinical testing yes. and everything else millions a lot a lot of multiple yeah. millions yeah 11 billion 11 oh yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah but the um the actual device, you're, you're making some of them now to test them, I assume? Yes, yeah. we are just about to have our physical prototypes. We, all of the clever bits that we do with sound, 
because yeah. obviously we need to screen out sound. You don't want to listen to chatting. Oh, so so our devices train just to, or the, the, the clever bits of software, um, to screen out all the sound yep. and just listen for cough. So all of those uh, sound analytics um, we've got and are running nicely. Yeah, so you've got software that does that. Yes. Microphone obviously is crucial in terms of the quality and Correct. sound input. So I assume that had to be developed as well, did it? Uh, we are buying microphones, so we right. buy, but it's the way that we get two microphones in the device to work together that yep. allows us to screen out the sound as well. Surrounding noise and just focus on that cock. Correct, yeah. yes. And is it so it's just worn round the neck or that's the plan? The initial device uh, will probably just have a base station with a little button yeah, because uh, mm -hmm. we're targeting young kids. The next version, once we've raised our 11 billion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> will allow us to what they call scrunch, scrunch down the initial device and make it smaller because the challenge of making something smaller is predominantly around the size of the battery. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, of course, that the smaller they get, the more expensive they seem to yep. get yep. um, and some clever way you can take your printed circuit boards and fold them in half and do all sorts of clever things yeah. um, so that is, an, is, a, is our sort of version 1.1 that will come out and is there an opportunity so it, it's sort of the microphone's always on and, and, and yes. tracking the child or, yes. you know, all, all, the way, all the time so it might not um, be picking up the early warning system but it could be picking up some coughing things like that so can that data be tracked so you can almost look at sort of preempting the <laughs> you, you, you absolutely yeah. could. Um, we've certainly uh, al already, uh, as part of our demo, we've picked whooping cough, that, uh, not for a particular reason, just mm -hmm. we had lots of whooping cough, but we could classify a whooping cough. And so uh, we, for our demo, we set it up so mm -hmm. if, if our device hears a whooping cough, it sends a little text saying, we think we've just heard a whooping cough. You should get this checked out. We don't ever provide any medical device, uh, uh, information. Mm. We just say, we, we think we've heard something. Yeah. But that, that's, that, again, is second stage. We've got to get our basics right yeah, first. Sure. Yeah, which um, are, and, and asthma is obviously the area you're focusing on at the moment. Any other diseases? Yeah, COPD. So COPD is a condition of, of obviously more elderly, often based, uh, sadly, around people who, who've smoked, and it's uh, causing constriction in the airways. It's yeah. probably one of the biggest reasons we've got people stuck uh, in hospitals mm -hmm. because... Uh, it is a cause for admission. Once you get that infection into your lung, it causes yep. massive problems. So if we, again, we can help give that heads up that uh, something nasty is about to happen in your lungs yeah. and get early treatment, we can, we believe, stop people ending up in hospital. Mm. So you, that's uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. That is the one. That's the one. Oh, it's funny you knew that then, Steve. Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. Funny you shouldn't. <laughs> I'm looking at their website. <laughs> and then we've obviously got cystic fibrosis, yes. which again, because there are certain treatments and that is a common cause of fluid. Is it fluid buildup in the lungs? Yeah, cystic yeah. fibrosis is a, is a really horrid disease that affects the lungs and, and, and your gut as well. And the sad thing for people with cystic fibrosis is each time something nasty happens in their lungs, they have an infection, the damage to their lungs is irreparable. So that's why you get decline in lung function. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the average life expectancy now still is only 40 years old for someone with CF. So again, if we can provide that heads up that something is, you know, we've, we've seen the early signs of something and allows that, that person to take some treatment, we can hopefully give them better quality of life. 
So um, you're looking to get into the UK and US markets or just UK? Uh, y we, we will be launching in the US actually probably before the UK. Right. And has that been easier for clinical approval? Uh, for, or we, just... we, we don't need clinical approval. We'll be selling direct to consumers to start off with. Right. OK. Um, because we are, it's a classified as a medical device. So right. you don't actually have to have any contact, physical contact with it. Yep. It's purely their listening, yep. which makes it a, the regulatory process. A little bit easier okay but uh, you, it is a uh, in order if we if we want to be available on prescription then obviously you've it has got to be approved a big process to yeah go through. yeah so if somebody's got very to determined in this game yeah well somebody else on the show a few weeks ago had exactly the same thing and and they said how hard it is to get through that approval process but once you're there yes. and it's effectively a better cost it's a cost saver yeah. not you know it's cost positive rather than negative in mm. terms of yes. uh, prescribing it because it gives you a earlier treatment and a more effective treatment I'd say wouldn't you? That, that's correct and there's a big focus in, across all healthcare systems around personalising your care mm. and precision so it's about only yeah. you know dealing with things that are affecting you and making it very personal to you so over time we will see a, a shift away and a much more a bigger use of technology to help people manage their health. Because one of the risks with asthma is you over-prescribe or self-over-prescribe because you think, oh, I feel a bit... So you, you're it, straight it, on your puffer, straight chest, your puffer. Yeah, and, yeah, chest. yeah and, and actually it's probably... You, you might not actually have needed yeah, that. And that. That is possibly the case, but much more is the case, particularly with young kids and mm. teenagers, is they don't take their medication. No. forget. Yeah, or that's I, right. I feel okay. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. And I say poorly controlled asthma, and no child should ever die of asthma. And yet, no. I've read in the last month of two occasions where children have very, very sadly died of an asthma attack. It is completely avoidable. Yeah, mm. no, definitely. Well, thank you for joining us. That's been That's great. A yeah, no, it's been brilliant yeah, to hear about that. And and where can, obviously, I know you've got your website, so yes. just tell us the web address qvm.co.uk. So and Q follow us soon. We will be actually launching. Our, our product name at the beginning of May on World Asthma Day and we'll have a splash page uh, of that so people can start to follow that and share our journey yeah. as we move towards uh, a launch. And that's qvium.co.uk. Thanks, Jane. Yeah. And what shows are you going to this year? Are you going to any shows to promote or are you looking at next year? For us, it's mainly next year. Yep. And I uh, actually, having said that, uh, we are at the Boston Medical Sensor Conference at the beginning of May. Oh, that, right. uh, it's, it's quite early for us but so the one I'd like to go to and be at is at CES yeah I think uh, we should take the show January, down yeah. don't you I, I think, think, you think you guys should come with me yeah, <laughs> yeah. that sounds, well, that sounds really yeah. good to me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Vegas baby yes yeah. right? now well, if you want some good some good uh, material then I think that would yeah, be, that would be that the would place be to go well yeah, perhaps we'll speak to producer Danny and see what he yeah, says yeah I'm sure he's, he can sign that off <laughs> yeah why not I'm sure we've got the budget for that anyway Jane thank you so much for joining us it's been great brilliant so Dan a little news story to finish off a with? A little news story. Um, did you know that exercise can be contagious? Not in my house, it's not, no. <laughs> no. So um, a new study in the US yeah. um, has been looking at, um, analysed five years' worth of data from a fitness tracker um, site, right. and, and it was across over a million US runners, and concluded that healthy behaviours are susceptible to social reinforcement. So an example is they found when there was good weather, inspired people to go for long runs, and they would post up the detail of their times and all that. Yep. Um, and the social media contacts, uh, you know, um, could see that and they were um, intended on um, they would then go out and do um, do runs themselves even if the weather nearby was nowhere near as pleasant 
And isn't that what Strava is all built on, yeah, really? Yeah, I think Actually so, yeah, yeah. making people compete. Yeah, yeah it's brilliant. It's, so so yeah. there's some, some evidence that it works. Yeah, well, I've got a quick story, actually. Um, credit cards. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're shortly to get fingerprint sensors on your credit cards. That's wow. the thing. So a test is going on at the moment um, in South Africa, actually. Two mm-hmm. successful trials in South Africa. And basically, it, it works very much like your mobile phone, you know, where you touch your mm-hmm. mobile. Well, you don't because you've got an Android. But it has, it does has it have fingerprint that? technology. Oh, don't. Yeah, I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> anyway, you put that, it uses very similar, but they've been able to reduce it to actually fit within the credit card itself. That's fascinating. So, and I would thought that that biometric stuff is going to be seen on so many other different mm. things around the world. If they can miniaturise it to that extent, then it, it's pretty limitless really, isn't it? Mm. So, yeah, which is really, really good. And it's obviously another uh, another bit of uh, tech. Yeah. Anyway, that's the end of the show. What so, a fantastic show. Cheers. Thank you, yeah, Steve. Thanks, mate. Bye.